is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning to you. It is great to have an opportunity again to speak with you. My name is Martin Tibbet and I am continuing, in fact I am concluding our series which we've called Church Rebooted. I trust you've stayed with us. This is number six. This is the final part in this series. I hear you say hurrah. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found it really helpful. I tell you what we're going to call this final part and it very much brings things to a conclusion but also leaves us with a bit of a a bit of a punch, a bit of a right, how do we grab hold of this? How do we really work with all that God is saying to us? It's called Together We Can. And there's a, a subtitle underneath that is this, if we turn knowledge into action. Together we can if we turn knowledge into action. We've been looking at those famous verses in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 uh, that talks about the body of Jesus, the people of God, you and I, how God has called us, has shaped us, has gifted each one of us to continue the ministry and the mission of Jesus on this earth. Isn't that mind-blowing? That he calls and chooses and picks people like you and I and says, right, now I'm going to continue my ministry, my mission to see people saved, to be disciples made, to gather a family in relationship with his Father in heaven. And he's going to use you and I, you and I to do that. And as we saw in Ephesians 4, uh, leaders, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, they are called to have a specific role in that, to equip us all to become all that God has called us to be. And in that we grow in maturity. But this amazing vision of, of this church, a multi-gifted church, fulfilling the mission of Jesus, is something that continues and is spoken of in different parts of the New Testament. Let me give you another example. Uh, the writer of one of the Gospels, a man called Luke, he also wrote another book, which we know of, of as Acts, talks about the early church. And this is what Luke writes when he writes his second book. He's writing to a guy called Theopolis, who we don't really know, uh, but this is what he writes in the first sentence. He says this, in my former book, that's in the Gospel of Luke, about the life of Jesus. He says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. In other words, Luke is saying, that I talked about what Jesus began to do in my first book, the Gospel of Luke, we know it as. Now I'm going to tell you about all that Jesus continued to do after his death and resurrection and ascension to be with his father. He's going to talk about all that he continued to do through the life of the church and through all the generations that followed. This is the remarkable vision of the church of Jesus Christ. Together we can continue the mission and ministry of Jesus. Wow. Wow. But there is an important caveat because we are to turn knowledge of this 
into action. That's an important ingredient for us doing all that Jesus has called us to do. Now, to be honest, I have had such encouraging messages from so many of you over the past five weeks. I want to say a huge thank you for your encouragement. I've had emails. I've had text messages. I've had people uh, come and speak to me on Sunday because we also we started our in-person meetings. I've had many people speak to me and reference different parts of this series and say, Look, I'm so pleased that we're talking about this and I'm so pleased that we're talking about that. It's very encouraging. It really feels like God is grabbing hold us afresh in what it means to be his church together. I've had people saying to me, now I have a new understanding of what it means to be involved in evangelism. It's about finding a person of peace, they tell me. It's about working in team rather than working individually like a like an angler fishing individually. They say, no, I want to be a fishing community and I want to make my your friends my friends. And I'm thinking, wow, wow. And they're saying, now I get it. I understand. Others have said, I love this vision of a church that is that is one anothering each other, that is using the different gifts that we've got to bless and serve and love one another. Some have said, you know, I've longed and I've lived for this vision for maybe 30 years, someone said to me, and I'm so glad we're pushing into that. Others have talked about how they realise that they need to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit, that we are called to do mighty things, things that we cannot do in our own strength. And so we are reliant on the filling and the continual filling of the Holy Spirit. Others talk about how uh, encouraged they are and how, how they are surprised in, in some sense that they are to be apostolic. That to be apostolic isn't just for one or two people, it's for all of us to be a sent people, bringing all our everyday lives of worship, bringing God into whatever setting we find ourselves in caring for the poor, responding in faith when God says go to whatever place he's calling us. And these and others are saying to me, I now get it. I understand. Hallelujah. But we must be careful that we don't stop at that place of understanding. That even that place of, wow, this is amazing. We must transition and turn understanding into action. Turn what's here, what's beginning to connect with us and beginning to bring, in some cases, revelation to us. We must then turn that into action. You see, the key question for today is this one. What is God saying to you? What is God saying to you or what has he been saying to you through this series? Maybe even as I've mentioned a few things, it's amazing how quickly you can go through five sermons in a few moments. You're probably thinking, why couldn't you have done the whole series quicker, Martin? I think that's a fair point. But are there things you're thinking, yeah, I remember that. I remember that message. I remember that area that we looked at and God really spoke to me in that. What is God saying to you through our series? But also more broadly, what is God saying to you right now in your life? And are you putting those things into action? Are you responding to God in faith? 
you know, uh, over the summer, Dawn and I really felt God speak to us about how we create space in our life for uh, friends and family and neighbours and work colleagues for Dawn, uh, others that we know that uh, for the most part are f either far from God or, or don't know God and really felt encouraged by God that we must invest time and energy and look for ways to demonstrate his love to those around us. And importantly in that, that we should be looking actively for the person of peace, the people that God is right now seeking to reach out to, and that we need to, to work in team together and look to, to, to see how we can bring God to that person. The amazing thing is, is since we felt convicted of that, which was over the summer period last year, we have been actively involved in that. Obviously, COVID hasn't helped in terms of restrictions, but we've been actively involved in that. And we now have a number of people that we feel God has laid on our hearts and who are clearly open to us. Often the thing that we're looking for is who is open to us, maybe in a way that others might not be. Even yesterday, one of Dawn's colleagues spoke to her in a way that she's never spoken to Dawn before, really opened up to her. And Dawn came home to me and said, there's someone else who really is opening up to me, to Dawn. And so we are responding in faith to what God is saying to us. And we must do that. That is the essence of what I want to share today. I love the way that Paul, uh, the writer to the church in Ephesus and the surrounding churches that we know as a letter to Ephesians. I like it when he described to the church when he wrote to the church in Rome, in Romans 12, he put it this way about how we use our gifts and how very uh, simply described what our response should be. He said this in verse six of Romans 12, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraged, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, to do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I love the way Paul so practically says, turn what you understand that God has gifted you in a particular area and use it. Do it. Apply it. Put it into action. You know, as we've been talking about our reboot, uh, we've been looking at Sunday mornings and we're continuing to do that, obviously following the government's lead on what is, is the right and safe way to do this. But we realise we've got a massive challenge to how we provide the sort of Sunday mornings that we all long to have with different teams serving and, and kids work and youth and, and all, of, all or many of those teams of course, are not in place and haven't been in place for quite some time. And I've been feeling this tension because I, I want to welcome people, but I don't want people just to turn up and then it feel like, hi, it's great to see you. Please, would you do this job for us? But alongside that, I know for many, particularly young families, that it would be such a blessing if we were able to quickly provide children's work to bless your children and to bless you. And you can apply that 
across so many different areas of church life, even community groups. We're approaching our annual cycle over the summer. And I'm thinking, wow, we, we're looking to, to, to find volunteers for Sunday mornings, but also we'd love to see more leaders for our community groups. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, how do we do this? And I read these verses and I think, yeah, I get this. If God has gifted you in a particular area, God says, put it into action. Put it into action. Do you know, over the last uh, year, I've done two training courses online. I mean, thank God for Zoom. I, I've been trained by a pastor and his team who are based in Texas in the US and uh, another leader in his team based in South Africa. And I, I've learned some really, really helpful things. In fact, some of the things that, that I'm learning from these courses and others have joined me as well. Uh, we are beginning to apply to how we unpack this reboot. So there's lots that God's beginning to provide for us. Do you know, one of the things that they both of these different training courses challenged me on is the tendency in our churches to be, be, be knowledge based, focused on learning rather than focused on action. They even joked that, you know, there's an argument that each Sunday we should preach the same sermon until everyone's got it. And everyone thought, oh, yeah, I understand it. And now I'm beginning to apply it into my life. And I thought, well, can you imagine what that would feel like if I turn up every week and said, hey, guys, we're going to preach on the same message that I've preached over the last 32 times until we all get it. Crazy scenario, I realise, but I understand what they mean. The Bible talks about understanding flowing into action. That's what the life of a believer should look like this is very biblical even at the very heart of what we know of the great commission jesus said go and make disciples of all nations teaching them to obey obey his teaching i've got two points i know i've said a lot already <laughs> there's probably a number of points in what i've just said already but i've got two things i want to just highlight the first is this, the danger of knowledge, the danger of knowledge. See, I think sorry, knowledge alone about God can be a dangerous thing. It leads us into a false sense of security and keeps us from experiencing intimacy with God and knowing his blessing in our lives. It can be a dangerous thing. We can, we can think we've got something more than we actually have. And scripture warns us about a knowledge-based faith. 1 Corinthians 8 says this, While knowledge may make us feel important, it is love that really builds the church. See, knowledge is, is, a, is, is good, but it's only valuable when it's turned into action. James, uh, uh, the brother of Jesus, uh, when he... <laughs> Wrote, I mean, James puts it, puts it hard. So this is how James uh, puts this point. He says this in James 1 verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. There is a danger that knowledge never turns into action. I'd like to read you about a true story that I discovered this week uh, about the Prince of Grenada. Let me read you this, this story. The Prince of Grenada, an heir to the Spanish crown, was sentenced to life in solitary confinement 
in Madrid's ancient prison called the Place of the Skull. The fearful, dirty and dreary nature of the place earned it the name. Everyone knew that once you were in, you would never come out alive. The prince was given one book to read the entire time, the Bible. With only one book to read, he read it over hundreds and hundreds of times. The book became his constant companion. After 33 years of imprisonment, he died. When they came to clean out his cell, they found some notes he had written using nails to mark the soft stone on the prison walls. The notations were of this sort. Psalm 118 verse 8 is the middle verse of the Bible. Ezra 7.21 contains all the letter of the alphabet except the letter J. The ninth verse of the eighth chapter of Esther is the longest verse in the Bible. No word or name or more than six syllables can be found in the Bible. When Scott Udell originally noted these facts in an article in Psychology Today, he noted the oddity of an individual who spent 33 years of his life studying what some have described as the greatest book of all time, yet could only glean trivia. From all we know, he never made a religious or spiritual commitment to Christ, but he became an expert in Bible trivia. Clearly, we know more than Bible trivia. But do you know the same principle can apply to us? If we leave the truth of the Bible and what God is saying to us through it as just knowledge and understanding and we never put into action, then we're no better than the Prince of Grenada. It's only when we put the Bible into action do we know all that God has for us through it. So the first is the danger of knowledge, the danger of knowledge alone. The second is this, the blessing of obedience. Jesus in the parable of what we know as the wise man who built the house on the rock, he says these words, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his, hand on, his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Whatever life may throw at you, whatever life may throw at me, disappointment, loss, challenge, temptation, even a pandemic, if we put the words of Jesus into practice, then we are building our lives on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. And we can therefore withstand the storms 
of life. What a blessing. But it's more than that. It's not just about withstanding life's pressures. There is a blessing from God that comes from obedience. Jesus said these words in Luke eleven twenty eight: Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Deuteronomy 11 says this, obey and you will be blessed. What is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? If we just think back to the Ephesians 4 areas, if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we know the power of God flowing through us. If we go as people who are sent, apostolic people, we know new purpose in our lives. If we respond in the way that God would lead us to find a person of peace and follow his lead, we see people that we know, I believe, saved and added into his family. And there's so much more of a blessing that comes from those who don't just hear and understand, but in the words of Jesus, put these things into practice. Obey. We are those who are to be disciples that teach one another to obey the commands of our Lord. God has a promise for us as individuals that if we would follow his lead, completely that we would know a blessing and a fruitfulness and a maturity and a growth in our lives that is everything that we are dreamed of equally as a people if we together follow obediently all that God is saying to us we have a, 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 a promise we have a purpose we have a destiny together in God as a church family which I believe will be a wonderful blessing to us I was with uh, uh, what we call our senior leaders a few weeks ago and we shared together uh, what we felt God was saying to us. And last night I met with the elders of the church and again we shared about these things and we came away from both of those meetings feeling full of faith and feeling that God is with us and God is speaking and we so want to run after that together. We want to be those that obey and follow wholeheartedly all that God is saying to us. So as we finish this series, Church Rebooted, I pray for you, I pray for me, that we would be people that ask the question, what is God saying to us? And then we've heard through the word or through prophetic revelation or through other means, when we've heard, Jesus says, put it into practice. Obey me and know God's blessing in your life. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for your time. Let's keep pursuing God together. Lots to share in the coming weeks, I'm sure, about how we continue to reboot. But let's really take this series and, and not see it as just a passing moment, but see it as something that we look to build our lives on together. That's what we want to do, not just to be, well, that was a nice series. No, no, no. This, we believe, is something that God wants us to really invest in together, to be the plumb line to all that he's called us to be. Let's be obedient to that, shall we? Trusting that he will bless us as we follow his lead. For his glory, for his honour, we pray. 
Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Hope to see you real soon. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.